Welcome to Fronteras, a program that explores issues at the border and beyond through the lens of arts, culture, and history. I'm Norma Martinez with Texas Public Radio in San Antonio. What's up, taco world? I'm taco journalist Mando Rayo, and welcome to the Tacos of Texas podcast, season 3. The Tacos of Texas podcast is the latest evolution of the taco journalism empire created by Mando Rayo. Rayo is co-founder and producer at Identity Productions that focuses on BIPOC storytelling that's of black, indigenous, and people of color. And he's the producer and host of the Tacos of Texas podcast. Rayo says the podcast is the latest iteration of a conversation he's long wanted to have about the people, history, and culture behind the food, not just the tacos themselves. You know, this idea around understanding taco culture, I always had it in me because I wanted to make sure that our voices were represented in in real ways, you know. For a long time, there have been stories of Mexicanos told by people outside of the culture. And so for me, it was important for that, you know, to talk to people, you know, maybe they may not be celebrity chefs, but you know what? Your abuela is a celebrity chef in your community. (laughs) (laughs) And so how that got started is, you know, really looking at not only writing from a storytelling aspect around understanding the stories, but the issues connected to those stories. Whether it's like thinking about, oh, one of my favorite tacos is tacos al pastor and what's the history of that to a breakfast taco to the things that you respond to because of of what you grew up with. And so part of those stories, we're just scratching the surface, to be honest, because a lot of times you have food and food writing that really focus on the food, but not so much on the people making it. And so that's the connective tissue, I think, with Tacos of Texas. So we started with the book called Tacos of Texas, published by UT Press. Uh, definitely before that, there was me just writing online and blogging and back in the day when people used to blog and you know for the book we interviewed over a hundred people we traveled to 10 cities and really kind of got deep into understanding their food traditions but also what they're dealing with around neighborhood growth to immigration to gentrification all those kinds of issues and how they're still trying to you know survive and keep the culture going keep their businesses going And so from that, we actually got a grant from PBS to do a digital series. You know, Tacos of Texas is also a digital series on YouTube where we did about six or seven episodes there and really focused in on one taco to really dig deep into some of those stories. Because, you know, you you definitely find all kinds of tacos everywhere. But, you know, for us, we had this hyper focus on this certain style and understanding the region of Texas and and the people, you know, who are making these tacos, but also keeping the traditions alive. And then after that, we got picked up to do United Tacos of America with El Rey Network, which is Robert Rodriguez's network. And so with United Tacos of America, we did two seasons and we traveled the U.S., but we also kept it, you know, true to Texas. So we were in the Valley, we were in Houston, and we were in Austin, but we also were in Kentucky and L.A. and Chicago. And in between that, I was like, we need to bring it back to Texas. And what does that look like? What does that format look like? And I always thought about doing a podcast. And so for me, it was a really kind of 
thinking about the stories that, that we know that we're familiar with, but, you know, inviting people to share their own stories in their own ways. And that's where the podcast kind of comes through. Now in our third season, we pitched it initially to KUT Austin here, which is a local NPR station. They were super interested. They were all about it, to be honest. As a production company, you know, we want to reflect, you know, the stories of Texas and what that looks like. And those stories that maybe we know, uh, because being Mexicanos or Tejanos, we know. But at the same time, maybe some people may not. So we really focus in on that. So it's not just like when you look up our podcast stories, it's not just this one tackle and just focusing on that and, and what is it and different perceptions around that. But it's like thinking about culture and what is culture and our histories and our culture really kind of intersect that food. And so that's kind of what you see, you know, with Tacos of Texas, everything from taco gentrification happening in Austin. And we've been fortunate to receive some awards around that. We received a signal awards for Austin Stockholm Mile, where, you know, in one place, in one neighborhood, along a stretch of a mile, you can, there's over 40 plus taquerias. And that's where a lot of the immigrants live. They oftentimes get ignored by traditional media because everybody's all about the celebrity chef or the, the hot, you know, neighborhood, East Austin or what have you. For us, it's about meeting people where they are. And, you know, if it takes us to Runberg, we're going to go there. One story took us to actually south of Texas, into Mexico, to tracing foodways of black Seminoles and Mexicans, not only in Texas, but in Mexico as well. And so for us, it's thinking about the story and where it takes us versus like, Thinking of like the basics of tacos, you know what I mean? I know people still want that, and we do have that, you know, to be honest. But we like to kind of dig deep into what does that look like? What does that mean for you? What does that mean for the people involved? And especially those people that may not traditionally get interviewed. And so you will see our podcast is in English. Definitely some Spanglish there, but definitely <laughs> uh, Spanish as well. So, And we don't translate. We don't speak over our interviewees. I know it's hard to do that in radio and, and in public media, but for us, we want to honor the stories they tell us in the language of their choice and their comfort. So this year, we go to the Pulga, the flea market, and we talk to some barbacoa trailers and what have you. It's all in Spanish, but I'm very intentional about allowing them to, you need to hear their voices and you need to get up to speed on your Duolingo. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Taco journalist Mando Rayo is co-founder and producer at Identity Productions and host and producer of the Tacos of Texas podcast, now in its third season. When we come back, the Tacos of Texas podcast this season has so far covered school lunches, Latino James Beard Award honorees, and the food that gets San Antonio more fired up than Whataburger, the bean and cheese taco. When I think about bean and cheese, I automatically think San Antonio. So we decided, like, you know, how can we find, you know, the best bean and cheese in San Antonio? And we created the bean and cheese battle royale. <laughs> Our conversation continues next on Fronteras. Welcome back to Fronteras. I'm Norma Martinez with Texas Public Radio in San Antonio. The latest season of the Tacos of Texas podcast started with an episode about school lunches. 
This episode is really looking into culturally relevant foods and Mexican foods in school settings. How does that play out when you're making decisions, creating menus and figuring out what kind of foods you want to put out for, for the kids? School lunches have moved beyond the slightly chewy bean tostadas, barely defrosted pizza slices, and is it really meat hamburgers of my day? Taco Tuesdays are a thing, and it goes beyond a generic crispy taco in many schools. Menus are also more diverse. A glimpse at one San Antonio school district's menu shows pork tamales, General So's chicken with fried rice, and the city's famous cheese enchiladas with chili con carne gravy. Taco journalist Amando Rayo is the producer and host of the Tacos of Texas podcast. He says school menus are transforming in response to meeting the cultural needs of a more diverse state. I got inspired to do this episode because I was talking to my, my son. When I was talking to him, he was in fifth grade. They asked him like what he was eating for lunch. And it was a very interesting way that he described it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, they do this sale tortilla with like mushy things inside and, and you know it's okay <laughs> so that's kind of like what inspired me to really look at school menus and has it changed you know since when we were in school right whether it's a sloppy joe or like this weird tostadas <laughs> <laughs> But you actually spoke in that episode to, um, I don't know what her title was, but she's like one of those nutritionists for Austin ISD, and she is just taking a whole new approach to the school menus. Yeah, so we did talk to Diane Grodick, who's the executive chef for the Austin Independent School District, their food service department. You know, we wanted to dive into some of these questions that we had and I think a lot of people have there's a lot of misconceptions around school lunches and what kids are eating and so we wanted to really kind of get down to like yes we're going to start with taco Tuesday <laughs> but at the same time are the same foods being served as they were in the 80s so let's talk about that but yeah we did learn a lot around like how they've modernized the diets and what they serve in school cafeterias, they test things out with students to make sure it's good. And they also obviously have to adhere to national standards around nutrition. But at the same time, you know, they want to make sure that they have foods that are culturally relevant. And they have a Korean drumstick. They have a Cuban bowl. And so they do provide that variety, but it's all across the school district, you know. And that's one of the things I talked to Diane about does a school in a low-income area get the same as another school that may not be in a Title I school? Because when you look at that, the buildings look different, if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, so I want to see, like, how is equity being put into place around what children receive as far as their lunches and breakfast and their diets? And, yeah, it's pretty much across the board, you know. She mentioned in our interview you know, if somebody's going to eat a tamal, they're going to get in in the east side of Austin as well as the west side of Austin. And west side of Austin being like the most affluent part of the city. And sometimes, you know, it's about learning how to eat some of those foods. Sometimes it's the first time a kid has eaten a tamal and you have to show them how to eat it and unwrap the husk. <laughs> so I think it was super interesting to have her on. But as well as let's go straight to the source. What do kids think 
about the food that they're eating. Yeah, you had a great section there with the taste testing with the kids. That was amazing. What texture does the tamal have for you? It's hot. It's hot. It has a hot texture. Iker, what does the texture feel like to you? Mm, the texture feels like, like, like the mountains, but all together, but in a small way. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Now, I, I mean, that. you've got some great episodes. There's a really beautiful one about the Mexican hands honoring the hands, the mothers, the abuelas, the tias who put themselves literally into the food that they create. And then there was one also on the decolonization of tacos and talking about vegan tacos. And a lot of us have been eating vegan tacos without even knowing it. You're probably already eating a lot of foods that vegans eat or foods that are decolonized. It's time for a segment we call... Which means you eat it already. Beans. Ya lo comes. Rice. Ya lo comes. Calabazas. Ya lo comes. Corn tortillas. Ya lo comes. Nopales. Ya lo comes. And it's really, really insightful because if we think back to what this part of Texas was, South Texas, where we are right now, or Central Texas, it was basically indigenous people living off the land. And it was mostly, you know, squash and beans and, uh, you know, the three sisters, as they would call it. And so that was your vegan base for tacos. And, and everything else came with colonization, the goats and the lamb and the beef. So, I mean, going to vegan tacos is almost like going back to where we came from. Back to our roots. And I think that's part of the, the overall theme of season three. And it's really kind of like this exploration of our roots, of our history, of, you know, not only Texas, but Mexican foodways, even back when before there was borders. And so this food was here. And so part of understanding that is, Maybe relearning some of this, relearning some of the things that we think of that, that is Mexican or that is Texas. We have to go back to, you know, those indigenous practices, you know, like a pozo, this earth oven, if you will. The invention didn't come with like pitmasters. It, <laughs> it was part of those indigenous practices where they would uh, do those earth ovens. And how do you use that to cook root vegetables for long periods of time to allow them to be more digestible. Post-colonization, you think about barbacoa and what that looks like. But the roots of it are in those indigenous practices. But it's funny because, you know, we think of a really beautiful, fluffy flour tortilla, and that is a result of colonization, right? Because the colonizers, they would strip the corn away or the traditions that surrounded corn away from the indigenous peoples because, you know, it was part of their religious practices. So um, along with those changes in diets, the introduction of flour instead of corn, you know, that also introduced a lot of health problems with indigenous people, with Mexican, Mexican Americans, with the people who are native to this part of the region. So, you know, we're still living in a sense with the after effects of colonization. I mean, I love a good flour tortilla as much as anybody, you know, but when you think about it and you think about those health disparities, it, it really kind of does go back to that. It does. It really does. When you think about the roots of our foods and what was around here, 
Adan Medrano, you know, he coined the Texas Mexican food in regards to like what was here, what was in this land. Part of our story, I would say, part of our history is understanding kind of where we come from, right? And then this is the idea around understanding those practices, but also like what does that look like now and how has it evolved through conflict? It wasn't just like this interchange thing that happened. Some of our those traditions were stripped away. They were stolen from, you know, the indigenous people here in Texas and replaced with other things. Like you mentioned, you know, flour tortillas. And so there's there's definitely things that we need to really kind of understand, reflect on, to think about. What does that mean for us now, today? Well, I need to talk to you about probably one episode that most San Antonians are going to be rabid about, and that is the Bean and Cheese (laughs) Showdown episode. Bienvenidos, público. En esta esquina tenemos el taco de frijoles. Y en la otra esquina son los de pide cheese. Welcome to the bean and cheese battle road. When I think about a bean and cheese, I automatically think San Antonio. So we decided, like, you know, how can we find, you know, the best bean and cheese in San Antonio? And we created the Bean and Cheese Battle Royale. (laughs) (laughs) For me, it was about partnering with local San Antonians that know the culture, you know, because that's crucial. It's super important. So we created this bracket. Then we asked online for people to give us, you know, their favorites. So then we nailed it down to Los Dieciséis Más Dulces, the Sweet Sixteen. <laughs> so then we did the eight, Los Ocho Más Pochos. <laughs> <laughs> and then the final four were, you know, Los Cuatro Más Baratos. <laughs> <laughs> not, not to say that there's not any expensive bean and cheese, but they're pretty baratos. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> And so, yeah, so then we decided, all right, then let's have an an event that brings these finalists together. We'll do a live recording in San Antonio, and we did it at Jaime's Place, you know, in the west side of San Antonio, and brought people together. And we had about, roughly about 150 people show up in, like, crazy heat in July. But people came out, you know? They live voted right there, their finalists. We had a crown made, a welder from San Antonio, volunteered to make a metal crown for us. He goes by El Wapo Welder. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, so we, we crowned the big winner, you know. And, you know, it's great to see not only the people really understanding kind of what goes into making a good bean and cheese and what the ratios are to, like, what does the tortilla have to do with it or, or pinto beans versus black beans or the kind of cheese that you use. I mean, it's a whole thing, uh, Norma. It's a whole thing. (laughs) I know there are a lot of different writers out there who write about food and sort of explore about the culture. But historically, do you see this type of journalism starting to sort of take hold in Texas and beyond? I think so, definitely. You know, I think there's been a lot of food writers that have been really focused on telling the true stories, the real stories from a place of authenticity. 
So I think that's great. Although there's a lot of like Instagram style of like, hey, here's the next greatest, best taco. (laughs) And that's fine because there's a place for everyone. But for me, I love seeing Mexicanos, Mexican food writers, Tejanos, Mexican-Americans talking about the food because they have that lived experience and bringing that forward. You know, if if you're not from that culture, then it's okay. It just, you know, if, if it's done in a way that honors and respects those food traditions. You know, I've been doing this for, you know, it's an overnight 15-year success story. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Mando Rayo is a taco journalist, a James Beard Award nominee, and is the co-founder and producer at Identity Productions. Rayo is producer and host of the Tacos of Texas podcast. The podcast is distributed by KUT and KUTX Studios and is available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And that's where you'll have to go to find out who makes the best bean and cheese taco in San Antonio. No spoilers here. Thanks for joining us for Fronteras. Fronteras is produced by Norma Martinez and Marianne Navarro. Our executive producer is Dan Katz. Our editor is Fernando Ortiz Jr. Charanga Cakewalk composed our theme music. Hear past episodes at tpr.org and on the Fronteras podcast. I'm Norma Martinez with Texas Public Radio in San Antonio.